Chapter 6. The Mission Orlean, the royal family of Kelsic, a name passed down from generation after generation of queens serving the land of Kelsic. So how do the three elves play into all of this, Sane asks. All three are my personal guards, and I don't want them getting in the way of the mission, Artemis explains. Ah. Do you and Artisan understand the mission? Artemis questions. You want us to travel into the northern country of Icelandic with you as undercover guards, right? Sane recites from memory. Exactly. You'd come as my suitor, as you are, with the hidden purpose of uprooting the insurgents that had begun placing themselves within my mother's royal court. Artisan will also come, but as one of our consultants for when we travel through the upper region of Kelsic, land of the giants, Artemis elaborates. Well, this sounds dangerous. I'm in, Sane confirms with a sly smile. Anything worth doing is, Artisan concurs happily. Well, I'm definitely excited, one of the elven guards adds. I must warn you, though, you may be executed as traitors if we don't succeed in this, she warns. I'd rather die fighting for what I believe in than as a fat, sad king, Sane explains. Hopefully, they'll give a good chase if I fail, Artisan ponders. Artemis stands up before concluding. I'm not sure if you two are being optimistic or depressing. Just remember, if anyone asks, this meeting never happened. Just go about your lives as normal for the next two or more months, and you'll both be summoned when it's time. One last thing, Artisan. I need you to deliver those blueprints to this address, Artemis remembers, handing him a small note. Consider it done, Artisan responds with a bow. Are those the blueprints I was assigned to retrieve from him, Sane inquires? We needed the buyers to believe the blueprints were stolen, so we sent in an official request. Artisan was actually impressed with your skill and requested you personally to be removed from the royal guards and made a personal guard of mine, specifically for this upcoming mission, Artemis explains. Sane considers the new thought for a moment. Well, I suppose I can't turn down Artemis Orlean, future monarch of the land of Kelsic, now can I? He adds rhetorically. Wait, where did Artisan go? Artemis sighs heavily. He does this all the time, just disappears. I sometimes wonder if he really hears all I have to say, she complains, folding her arms in the process. Yeah, but how did he leave? The door's still... Sane opens the door, unlocked. He finishes in disbelief. That fawn is the most skilled thief I have ever met, Artemis expresses with confidence. He was once caught trying to steal my mother's own crown during a ceremony while it was still upon her head. Sane whistles, thoroughly impressed. Well, we'll be going now. We need to secure a safe passage for your route home, princess, one of her guards explains as they file out of the hidden library room. Of course, she dismisses before turning back to Sane. Actually, it was your father, Orestus Farce, who caught him. Shortly after, Artisan was given a home and trained in combat, and he has served the royal family ever since. That actually makes a lot of sense, Sane acknowledges. The two elves stand there for a moment, looking at each other in bewilderment. Both have just had an actual conversation without any negative emotions thrown in. Sane begins to laugh, placing his hand over his mouth. A smile creeps across Artemis's face as she watches Sane laugh. What's so funny, she asks him. Oh, nothing. I was just thinking you may not be the worst person I could marry after all.
Sane explains with a genuine smile. Is that so? Well, you haven't gone shopping with me yet, Artemis responds, causing Sane to laugh even more. Well, Princess, I ought to be going home now. Sane reaches for the door. Actually, I took the liberty and had all your stuff moved into the palace, where you will now be staying, Artemis explains simply, slightly irritated with him calling her princess. What? Why? Sane inquires in fear. We'll need to further our appearances as a couple if this plan is going to work, she continues. Seriously, you are making me live in the same building as you? Sane gestures to her with a look of disapproval. I didn't realize you found me so unattractive, Artemis complains, flopping back into the chair. That's not it, Sane begins to say. Then what's the problem? Artemis pleads fiercely. You treat me like I'm some sort of a pet, something you get to command around and move at will. You didn't even ask, Sane tries to explain through his frustration. No, I'm just making decisions for you to help make your life easier, she defends herself. I never asked for that. Sane yells back. One, this way you don't have to pay for that apartment you live in, but in a palace. Two, you don't even have a job anymore. And three, this way we can actually get to know each other instead of just seeing each other at important gatherings. It's only logical, Artemis enumerates as she sticks her nose in the air. You and your logic, Sane mumbles as he rests his head in hand. Ah! Artemis screams at him. Sane takes a step back, realizing this is the first time he's ever seen her uncomposed. Sorry, I guess it's fine this time, but for the future, Princess, I enjoy making my own decisions. Fine, she responds, even more upset. The room falls silent for a moment. Although short, it feels more comparable to forever. An unending awkward silence emanates between them. Sane pulls his seat back from under the table and sits down. Staring at the table, he searches the air for any words to say. He can only think of how, if Artisan were there, he'd say something to break the silence, but nothing comes to mind. Will you hold my hand as we leave? Artemis implores him while avoiding eye contact. I guess, since it's for the people, Sane offers reluctantly. A simple yes would suffice, she snaps back. Yes, your highness, he states sorely. Thank you, peasant. Artemis retorts bitterly, squeezing his hand as hard as she can. Are you okay? Your face is all scrunched up and weird, Sane points out as Artemis attempts a show of strength. So now I'm unattractive and weird, that's nice, she responds frustrated. Sane shakes his head. Can we go now? Let's, she concurs as Sane opens the door. It isn't long before the royal pair is discovered and a flood of people begin to stare at the seemingly happy couple. The elven men look upon Sane with envy, while the elven women glare at him in contempt. Everyone wants him dead, so someone else can take his place, a sentiment he currently agrees with. Fortunately, the library is only three blocks away from the palace, a ten-minute walk at most. But with the crowd of people wanting to say hi to their future queen and king, ten minutes easily becomes an hour as they push forward. The young elven girls want to be her, and the older ones admire her for her independence and strength. Sane smiles as one of the smallest girls comes up to him. Bending down beside her, he asks her her name. But instead, the young girl quickly shies away. This is the life Artemis has chosen for him. And he hates every minute of it. 
He hates the attention and muses over how he's supposed to be a guard, not a poster boy, feared and unnoticeable, not a popular figurehead of the royal family. Pushing through the crowds, Sane and Artemis finally arrive at the royal palace of Cortesh. Making their way to Sane's new room, Artemis's mother, the queen, meets them in passing. Respectfully, Sane bows before the beautiful queen of Kelsic on one knee. As queen of Kelsic, Calcia Orlean is the most powerful woman in all of Azerus. She is gorgeous, with a shapely figure further emphasized by the soft, sparkling blue dress and opal cape she wears. Flawless winter blonde hair flows past her shoulders with a silver crown resting atop her head. Her piercing violet eyes match her daughter Artemis's eyes perfectly. Glancing over at Artemis, Sane begins to realize just how similar her mother and her appear. Take away the dress, crown, cape, Artemis being slightly shorter, and less shapely, the two could easily be mistaken for sisters. Stop comparing us, Artemis demands sharply. Sane looks down at the hallway floor, slightly embarrassed that he has been caught checking out the Queen of Kelsic. Hi, mother. Artemis greets her with an icy tone. Artemis, her mother acknowledges her in turn, I see you're spending more time with your... suitor? Yes, he is quite the companion, Artemis states, gritting her teeth. Good. He will serve you just as your father serves me, the queen finishes before swaying past the two. Wow, I see where you get your people skills, Sane adds, watching as the queen leaves the hallway. Shut up. Sane, is it? What a pleasure to meet you, young man. I am King Cyril Silimens, Artemis's father, the king says with a bow. Oh, my king, I apologize for not recognizing you, Sane confesses with a bow in return. No need, my son, I am simply an advisor of my lady, the queen. I hold no real power in this land. My sole importance is to impart knowledge and wisdom to help better our people. Which, by the sounds of it, might be your duty some day, right, Artie? The king teases his little girl. Father, Artemis pleads out of embarrassment. Well, I should be going. I wouldn't want your mother to have to wait, he exclaims with a smile before continuing on his way. So that's the king, Sane asks sincerely. He seems nice. Artemis rolls her eyes at him as she pushes past him. Well, okay then, Sane replies as they continue down the hallway. This is your room. It's right across from mine in case you need anything, Artemis explains with a sour taste. Or in case you need me to be a good companion and keep you warm, Sane suggests, trying to lighten the mood. If you want to, I suppose, Artemis accepts before entering her own room and shutting the door behind him. While laying in bed the next morning, Sane wonders how his time will be spent now that he's living in the palace. The large empty space and the thoughts of being forced to act and behave as a prince make it difficult for him to focus. After meeting Artemis's father, Sane now understands that if this courtship becomes permanent, he won't have any power over the decisions Artemis makes for him. Unable to understand the differences in the royal family's social structure, he struggles to feel at home in a world so alien from his own. Fortunately, it doesn't seem everyone in the palace hates him. Even the queen may warm up to the idea of having him around after a few days. Something she no doubt dreads right now. After all, he's only 36 and therefore not an adult yet. Had he been in his 50s, she may think of him as a young elf or even an adult, but not yet. 
Artemis Orlean, on the other hand, is six years younger than him, and therefore still being tutored to become the next queen, a task not to be taken lightly. Sane thinks back to when he was in school. School is necessary. No other thoughts or emotions surfaced with the memories. Sane wonders, though, how it must have been for Artemis. She didn't get to choose to be a pastry chef or an engineer. Rather, those choices were made for her. Then he remembers. She makes choices for him all the time, and it is not pleasurable. Maybe she doesn't even understand the concept of decision-making, Sane wonders. Knock-knock. Come in, Sane asks curiously. Good morning, Prince Sane, a sweet, soft voice greets from behind the door. Um, hello, Sane offers, as he notices the young female attendant now at his door with a clean stack of clothes. Artemis has scheduled for me to give you a bath and then to clothe you this morning, the attendant explains. That's all right, I think I can take care of both of those myself, Sane offers in return. Oh, of course. I could get a male attendant in here if you would be more comfortable with someone of the same gender bathing you, she inquires in return. No, that isn't necessary, Sane pauses, contemplating his next words. Tell me, are you my personal attendant or that of Artemis's? I personally serve your whims and desires, Prince Sane. However, I must answer to the princess if I were to be questioned upon. I see. Sane pushes his hand through his spiky blonde hair, and what is your name, attendant? Abella, she answers softly. Sane marches over to the young attendant, uncomfortably close for someone who has little clothes on. So you have to do everything I ask of you, Sane questions with a sly look. Abella takes a step back and kneels before him. Everything, my prince, even serve as your consort. Sane takes a deep sigh and falls back into his bed, putting his hands over his eyes. Good. Now draw me a bath, and while I am bathing, I do not wish to be disturbed. Do you understand, Abella? Of course, my prince, she confirms before rushing to draw him a bath. Upon drawing the bath, Abella, Sane's new personal attendant, stands outside his door awaiting further orders. It isn't long after that, Artemis finishes her own morning routine and heads over to see Sane. To her surprise, the attendant, whom she had sent him earlier, is standing outside his door, waiting for further instructions. Artemis stops before the girl, expecting her to move, but to her surprise again, she doesn't. I, I'm sorry, princess, but Prince Sane does not wish to be disturbed right now, Abella expresses in fear. Move aside, attendant, Artemis demands. Of course, princess, she confirms, opening the door. Sane, I sent you this attendant to do these kinds of things for you. Artemis barges in as Sane is washing his face in the bathwater. So? Sane asks, spreading his arms behind his head. So? I expect you to use her, Artemis explains fiercely. Do I look like an invalid to you? Sane asks worriedly. What? Abella, could you bring me a towel? Sane asks as he stands up in the cast iron tub. Water drips from his blonde hair and then down his chest. Do you really have to uncover yourself while I'm standing here? Artemis asks, trying to appear unfazed by Sane's nakedness, but growing red in her own embarrassment. Sorry, didn't realize seeing your betrothed naked would bitter you so much, your highness, Sane responds while taking the towel from the attendant. Thank you, Abella. Why do you use her name? Artemis inquires curiously, trying to change the subject. Uh, I guess to distinguish her from among the other servants, and to show her she's valued, Sane offers as he begins to dress himself. 
Interesting. I never thought of it that way. It could raise their work ethics, as well as make them easier to differentiate, Artemis notes. Yeah, Saint agrees half-heartedly. So, Abella wasn't. She's pretty, don't you think? Light brown hair, olive green eyes, straight teeth, full lips. Yeah, I suppose so. What the heck is this thing on the front of my shirt? Saint petitions, holding his shirt up in front of him. Ruffles, Artemis answers, sitting on Sane's bed. Do you want her as your first consort? Stop with the consorts. I don't need any consorts, Sane answers calmly. None? Artemis asks in surprise. Who will sleep with you as king? Can we not talk about this, he begs, feeling uncomfortable with the subject. We will have to talk about it sometime. You don't even know if I'll become your king yet. Why wouldn't you become my king, Artemis asks, puzzled by Sane's statement. I don't know. Maybe I'll die from a rare disease, Sane offers enthusiastically. Well, that would be unfortunate. I'd have to find another suitor. Thanks. You two make a cute couple, Abella offers as she tries not to laugh. Thank you, attendant. I mean, Adeline. Her name is Abella. Oh, okay. So how do I look? Very handsome, sir, Abella commends him. It will do. So why exactly am I getting all dressed up? Because we're going on a date, Artemis explains with a slight excitement in her voice. I am not going outside looking like this. I look ridiculous. I look more akin to one of you people, Sane complains, pointing at Artemis. No, you don't. You look distinguished, as all royalty should, Artemis encourages as his attendant laughs at him. Bring me some of my old clothes, please. You did bring them here, right? Well... Artemis pauses, thinking about her next words carefully. You did bring my stuff here, right? Sane inquires of her again. Yes. Then where are they? Well, I was curious, so I went through them. And? They were ragged, so I had them burned, all of them, Artemis says with an innocent smile. Seriously? Sane asks in disbelief. Yep, and that's why I'm taking you shopping today, Artemis adds enthusiastically. Okay, well, what about my other stuff? Sane asks, now depressed. Most of it was junk, so you didn't, Sane interrupts, growing increasingly agitated. I had all your weapons saved, and I did save you this. Artemis pulls out a hand-drawn portrait. That's, Sane whips the small portrait from Artemis's hands. Don't touch my stuff. Is she your mother? Artemis asks. She's beautiful. Let's hurry up and get this stupid date over with, Sane states, before pushing the two girls out the door as he grabs his dagger, concealing it under his shirt. And Artemis, don't touch my stuff. I'm serious. Only two more months of this, Sane thinks, as they make their way down the hallway. Then I can attempt to break up with this control freak. Thank you for listening to The Legend of Azerus, Dragonborn, written by Corey E. Slane. If you like this content, consider buying a physical copy on Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can become a supporter. Support the podcast with a small monthly donation to sustain future episodes. Thanks again for listening, and tune in next time for more chapters of The Legend of Azerus, Dragonborn.